Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Hi, Bala. Welcome to this special series of the Leaders in Payments podcast about financial inclusion. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure joining this conversation. Let's start with you telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your professional background. Yeah, I'm Bala. I have about 38 years of experience in various domains, right from technology to payments to transmission towers. Most importantly, last 10 years, I've been on the payment space. My strength has been to work with startup and make it big. That's where my background comes into picture. And I'm basically an engineer with a post-graduation in industrial engineering. Okay, well, let's start with FSS. Can you tell us a little bit about FSS, just a high-level overview of the company? FSS is a 32-year-old company. We started in 1990 and we registered ourselves in 1991-92, but 1990 is when we started. Basically, we started as a company which is to distribute the base 24 switch in India. That's how we came into India. We were a distributor of base 24. And that's when Indian payment industry started booming. And from a decentralized branch operation to a centralized operation happened. And base 24 was a boom in India. So most of the banks started implementing that. So we, from a switch company, started transforming ourselves to a payments company by building all the auxiliary systems around the switch, the card, the reconciliation. Then we brought in payment gateway, prepaid, UPI, which is much talked about. We'll talk about UPI a little later. So any transformation you see in payments today in India, the pioneer has been FSS. So when we say FSS, we say fast, simple, and secure payments. That's what we do in India. We have transformed payments and we address both cash and non-cash business. So you can call digital business and cash business. That's what we are as a company. And if you don't mind a little bit about your role today? So I'm the chief executive officer of a division called Cash Tech. The Cash Tech focuses on predominantly two things. One is the ATM operations, which is disposal of cash. And second is a financial inclusion. I head the financial inclusion domain for FSS in India because it's one of the most important agenda of Indian government and very core to our FSS business in terms of empowering billion lives. When I say empowering billion lives, I'm talking about making them economically stronger by bringing them to a financial mainstream and giving them affordable products to consume across 1.2 billion people in India. Okay, and as you know, and the audience knows, this is part of our financial inclusion series So can you talk a little bit about the underbanked and unbanked specifically in India? Let me explain India first. That will be nice. I think most of the audience would know that we are a 1.2 to 1.3 billion population across the country. And if you really look at the population, about 60% of the population are in the rural, 40% of the populations are in the metro and urban. That's the divide of Indian population. So out of this 1.2 billion people, there are 200 million people who are unbanked. When I say unbanked, they don't even have an account in the bank. 
that's the environment I'm talking about. About 1 billion people who have account, only 50% of the 1 billion people are active. When I say active, doing one transaction in a year. So the majority of the users have been only 200 million who really uses digital transactions and various other modes. But predominantly the balance, 1 billion people are still devoid of financial services or access to the financial services. Does this answer your question, Greg? Yes, that's a good segue into the next question, I think. Let's start talking a little bit about how FSS is helping to support financial inclusion. I mean, when you mentioned what your job is, what your role there is, financial inclusion was one of the things that you said that you focus on. And I know you recently launched a new initiative, and I hope I say it right, is it Gramin Pay? That's right, Gramin Pay. Can you tell us about that program? So first, let me explain the meaning of Gramin Pay. Gramin in India means village in Hindi. So it's for the villages. That's why we call it Gramin Pay. So if you look at India, we have 600,000 villages in India. Out of the 600,000 villages in India, there are more than 200,000 villages, which has a population of 2,000 people or more. So what we are trying to do is that, how do I bring these people in those villages to financial mainstream? What is the problem we have today in India? We have 1 billion people who have accounts, but they are not accessing their accounts. Why are they not accessing the accounts? They are not accessing the accounts because one, it's not nearby. So when I say it's not nearby, to access an ATM or any financial inclusion, financial services, they need to travel, say, 30, 40 kilometers from their place where they live. And to go and come, they lose half day and they lose half day of their wages if they have to do anything to access financial services. Our idea of launching Gramin Pay is how do I give access to them first within five minutes from where they live? That's what we believe when we say financial inclusion. First is, can I give access to them? Can I give them products and services which they will consume to economically grow? This is the two main points which Gramin Pay focuses. When I define Gramin Pay, it has two components. Component is in India, still illiteracy is very high. People are not literate from a financial services point of it. So we need to help the people by giving anything through assisted mode. India is far away from self-service mode. When I say self-service, if people think that in their mobile, they can sit at their home and they will do all this transaction. I don't think we are there. We are not there both from an infrastructure perspective that we don't have all those things available and two, from an affordable perspective also we don't have. Because just imagine these guys get $2 a day or $3 a day. With that, I don't think they can afford a smartphone having so much of, say, 128 GB or 256 GB smartphone, they can't afford. And if there is no infrastructure, they can't do transactions. So how do I make sure that I give an access to them within five minutes and they do all this transaction. That's what Gramin Pay is all about. So why did, out of all the companies in India, why did FSS feel like this was an initiative that you needed to create? We can't see everything as a business. First, we have to reach there to make that business out of it. So if you look at the bank, bank looks at from profitability perspective day one. 
So they think that if I put anything in a village where there is a population of 2000 people, they may not be profitable. So there is no branch there. There is no ATM there. So bank is not putting that initiative. The private players are not getting into that place because bank is not doing the job. So we thought that India has developed when the people who have taken the initiative has gone there and not dependent on the government to do this initiative. So FSS today having presence in most of those areas and being there 30 years transforming the payment space, we believe we understand this better than anybody in the play. So we decided to go to every nook and corner in this country to make this available to them in an assisted mode. So if you really look at assisted mode, you will look at the kiosk, what we have developed, which we call it as FSS Smart Cash, which is nothing but branch in a box. So a person in that village can do any transactions, what is required, whether it deposit, withdraw, buy insurance, buy mutual fund, recurring deposit, anything he wants to do, he can do it in that kiosk. And that kiosk, his authentication is done through biometrics, so he doesn't have to worry about card, PIN, various other transactions. So he can do his authentication through biometric. Our idea is that we are trying to change his behavior. When I say we are trying to change his behavior, today if he earns $2 a day, he doesn't deposit that $2 a day in his bank account because bank is not nearby. So if he has to withdraw that $2, say maybe fourth day, he can't withdraw because there is no ATM or any dispensing machine to withdraw. And in the villages, even today, cash is the medium of buying anything in those villages. So if you have to buy a grocery, if you have to buy a vegetable, he has to give cash to get it done because even the other person cannot withdraw cash when he wants. So our idea is to change his behavior. The day he gets the $2 in the morning or in the day in the evening, he should come to this place, deposit that $2 in the bank account through our kiosk so that it gets into his account. Then I start monitoring his deposits and withdrawal and his earning so that I can help him on loan or any other services which he needs to lift him from current level what he is. Hey everyone, this is your host Greg Myers and as many of you already know, October is Financial Inclusion Month and we're going to be talking about all of the products, services and ways that the payments and fintech industry help support the underbanked and unbanked. A special thanks to our title sponsors, The Clearinghouse and PaySafe Cash, as well as our principal sponsor, Instant Financial. Now, back to the show. Correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously you have products and services to sell through this initiative, but you're also bringing in a lot of other companies to participate. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. So when I say financial inclusion in India, the financial inclusion is defined as opening of account, insurance, mutual funds, deposits. These are all part of the financial inclusion services. So if I have to give an insurance product, what is relevant to him? I'm tying up with the insurance company to provide that product to him. Similarly, if I'm giving a mutual fund product to him or an investment product to him, I'm tying up with the investment company to give that product to him. In case of lending, I'm tying up with a bank or a microfinance institution to do lending to him. So there are enough suppliers I'm integrating and enough technology players I'm integrating to provide these services to the 
ultimate customer who is in the villages and that's why we call this is a super app or a super platform okay and have you found those other companies very willing to participate in this yeah so today just to give you an example today i give a term life insurance to a villager at a premium of 2 dollars for which he is insured for a term life for say 10000 dollars so that's all so for a 2 dollars of premium is insured for 10000 dollars or like that we have products which he can afford to pay and use it and protect his life so like this we have tied up with insurance companies we are already tied up with a lending company so all these people are ready to join us because for them the cost of acquiring customer is very high if there is no cost of acquiring customer they are willing to participate with us to provide these services at these costs to uplift indian people in the village okay that makes perfect sense and this just launched maybe a month or two ago is that correct yeah that's right okay so when you think about this if we're 2 years from now or 3 years from now and you and i are having another conversation how would you measure the success of this what do you want to see happen over the next say 2 to 3 years that would make you feel like this was a real success when i made the statement vision and mission statement of us is uplifting economically billion lives that's the mission statement how does this happen the measure for me is whichever village we have launched if a customer does at least three transaction in that place that kiosk or that assisted model or that model what we have kept there three transactions in a month then we know we have achieved our results because in the three transactions what he would have done he would have done one deposit one withdrawal and one utility payments he would have done that's a minimum three things he need so our measure is is the people making three transaction in the access point which i have provided to him if everybody in that village has started making three transaction in that village i think we have succeeded in terms of transforming each village in the country and that's how i would measure in terms of that one parameter the second parameter i would measure is how many villages have done so out of the 200000 villages which we have targeting initially 3 years down the line if i have reached at least half of that 100000 villages i believe that people want this that's a second measure so my measure is three transactions a person does wherever i put this point second measure is if i have reached to 100000 villages i think we have done justice to what we are thinking about 100000 that just seems like a huge number yeah but if you look at us we have 40000 atms across the country already already we have put 40000 atms across the country so that's not a big number when i look at the 100000 points see it's all the question of if people need it or people don't need it that's the way you should look at it because at the end of the day if you have to include them in the financial mainstream they should have an access and somebody has to provide this access and we said that we will start providing the access and i'm sure many more competitions will come and start putting that access it's not necessary that i have put that 100000 even my competition comes and puts that i think finally the objective is to uplift billion lives that's great you know looking at all of the different things that fss could be doing why is financial inclusion a core commitment for you guys let me be little go back to the past we are an indian company okay we started for india to transform india that's how we started this company so for us india 
primarily is a very core to us. We would like to transform the Indian ecosystem. We want to reduce the digital divide and we feel we are better positioned in India. Second, this unbanked status, financial inclusion status is a worry for most of the government in underdeveloped countries. So we want to help those countries in taking these products across those world. And just to say, as an FSS, we are there globally. We are there in the US. We are there in the Europe. We are there in Canada. We are there across the world. Our idea is to get these practices across the world and deliver the best to the world people. Finally, we believe customer is the king. Customer will look at products and services, what he thinks is convenient to him and affordable to him. And we believe in the payment space, we have fairly a large community of domain people available with us. We should be able to design the products and services, what is required for him, which is convenient and which he wants to use it to make it happen. One, there is a need. Two, we think we are in a better position to deliver the need. And third, we believe there is a business at the bottom of the pyramid. So from a business, it makes sense. From a need, it makes sense. From a competency and skill, it makes sense. So why we should not do it? That makes perfect sense. Grauman Pay obviously is a relatively new initiative. Are there other initiatives, significant initiatives that you guys are doing in the financial inclusion space? See, if you look at Ephesus, the financial inclusion gateway, we were the pioneer to bring into India. It got certified by the National Payment Corporation about seven, eight years ago. Today, the whole backend which people use in India is the financial gateway. Our product was the first to get certified by NPCI today. We are focusing on predominantly payments and anything related to payments and usage of payments infrastructure. So what we are trying to do is create that infrastructure for a better use. So if I'm putting as a part of my Grameen initiative any kiosk in a village, apart from payments, can it add any other thing for the villagers for him to do? Maybe why not education through that kiosk if I need to do in the night because if there is no payments happening there. Idea is to offer all those initiatives which will bring empowerment to the people in those villages. So we'll start with financial inclusion and we will move to a stage where every need of his is fulfilled through us. That's the ultimate aim to reach out to him so that we have reached out to every citizen of India to do this. And we want to replicate this across many of the developing countries across the world. What role does the Indian government play in this? Indian government plays a very important role. The reason I say is for them also, as a country, we can't have digital divide. Let me give an example today. The COVID, when the COVID happened, how do you reach out to people and give them the money? the direct benefit transfer. So we did that. There is something called micro ATM, which is nothing but a handled device. A postman carries that handled device to every village. And the villager, government transferred the direct benefit transfer to his account. And the villager could withdraw from his house because the postman reached out to his house and delivered the money to his house. So people could withdraw through him. That's what a micro ATM did. So... The whole money transferred happened at the doorstep of every villager during the COVID because we couldn't get any movement through these places, containment zone, various things happened. 
and how did he get his money in his villages and i'm sure you would have heard large number of migration of people happened from cities to villages during that period of time and these guys have moved to villages how to get their money that's where we served them during that pandemic period of time so micro atm came into rescue during that point of time so covid has accelerated financial inclusion so the government feels that we should do a lot to the people so government has come out with the initiative saying that you don't have to put a branch in those villages can you put a virtual branch so government is thinking of virtual bank that's what i call as a gramin pay or a branch in a box or whatever name so that i can create that branch in a box or a virtual so that's what happening two government is providing substantial initiative to ensure that people deploy those devices and access points in the villages so there is a incentive being provided by the government that's again to make this happen and third most importantly government cannot have such a digital divide what happened during covid is we said registration has to happen through digital media so he goes online and register for vaccination in any hospitals none of them were so literate enough to do that registration online so what happened is 95% of the time it was a walk in and nothing happened online so our idea is that for a people like this how do i ensure literacy to them how do i convert from unbanked to bank to a smart user to a digital user to a super user so we have planned a transition for every villagers how do they transition to a smart user so that they can do everything smartly without a cash and government is also looking lot of incentive to move him from cash to non cash transactions and doing digitally so for that he need to be literate he need to be handheld we need to give that infrastructure we need to give the trust and we need to give the access and government is asking private people investors to come and work with government to make sure that these are provided in the villages so government has a lot of role and it is government agenda to make this happen great well bala we've covered a lot of ground on this topic and i really think it's amazing what you guys have put together it's enough for a company to go out and talk about financial inclusion and do something but you guys have really pulled together really an ecosystem to help and i think there's a lot of lessons learned there for people across the world so is there anything else that you'd like to mention either about financial inclusion in india about gramin pay about fss anything else you want to mention before we wrap up see most thing is i believe technology can transform various things we need to invest on technology so we are trying to invest on artificial intelligence machine learning where the machine learning places to understanding the customer so that i can give the right product i can develop a right product and give them finally this is what we need across the globe the idea is that once i create that infrastructure i want to replicate across the globe with a clear intention of ensuring that there is no digital divide among the people it should not be the haves and have nots even today if you like it if you don't the smartphone is still costlier for people to afford at least in many parts of the world so we can't either the cost of the smartphone comes down or till that time we ensure that people are not left out and people should be a part of the mainstream for our country to grow and if you look at the imf projections today of india they are talking about a 9.5% growth in our gdp 
if the 9.5% growth in gdp in india has to happen it can't happen without a financial inclusion so if our economy has to grow financial inclusion has to happen and we think we can do a good justice to financial inclusion across the globe and to india in the process enabling economic growth of india to a 10% plus that's what we are setting out for ourselves we'll be happy if any of the audience who's listening want to participate in this ecosystem contribute in this ecosystem we welcome them to be a part of this system and do a business and there is a win win for everybody thank you for that i think that's a great summary and thank you so much for being on the show today i know your time is very valuable so i really appreciate you being here and sharing all your insights on this important topic thanks again for being here thank you greg thank you for giving me this opportunity thank you very much i really appreciate this let's try to catch up in a year and see how things are going yeah you have two major points one is he's the villages the person is using three transactions a month and second point is as a ecosystem is there 100000 points there sounds great well hopefully we will be able to catch up in a year and until then thanks again for being on thank you Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 